As I told you earlier this morning, Alex Demonor went down to Yannick Sinner in the final in Rotterdam. The first serve, of course, tonight right across the SEN network, hosted by Brett Phillips, who's on the line. Morning, BP. So the Demon goes inside the top 10. Sinner goes up to number three after all of that. But when you're hot, you're hot. And Yannick Sinner's been hot to trot. He's rolling beautifully, uh, Matty. I mean, including those two wins at Kuyong, what he's 14-0 uh, this year. So he's got some genuine momentum. But I think Alex Demon will take a little bit out of this. A much closer scoreline. Yes, he hasn't taken a set off Sinner. He's 0-7 and seven on paper. Uh, but this was a hard-fought contest. And that just goes to show how far he has come, Alex, you know, in, in, from their previous meetings. And he had a terrific week, uh, Demon I mean, beating Rublev. Uh, beat Dimitrov, he's been in obviously great form to start the year, he beat Sebastian Corder, so he's playing the best tennis of his life right now, and as you mentioned, I mean, he's nine in the world, and you know, we've sort of said quite a bit in the last few weeks, if he can this year consolidate somewhere between five and ten, it'll be another nice little uh, tick in the box, but yeah, Yannick Sinner just handled uh, the big moments uh, really well, and he took that, you know, that breaker serve early in the first last night, he did break back to get it to five all uh, at one stage in the uh, first set to Alex Dumanor, but then, yeah, seven five six four in the end. So margins a lot tighter than their previous meetings. Yannick's rolling beautifully. The Demon's going OK. He's off to Los Cabos in Mexico uh, this week, which will lead into Acapulco, into uh, Indian Wells on the hard courts. Yeah, so Sinners now, that's the highest an Ita- Italian male has been in the world rankings. And I, mm. I looked up this morning, what, 32 out of his last 34... And only Shelton and Djokovic have beaten him in that run and then last won the last 15 straight tour matches. I mean, <laughs> we, we so often talk about momentum in sport, but th- this kid's just got it going at the moment. Yeah, he has. I mean, three in the world. And, you know, right now he's he's the, the talk, isn't he? It's almost like we've forgotten about Carlos Alcaraz to a point mm. um, because it's mm. all about uh, Yannick Sinner. And he's, he's travelling beautifully. He's seeing it well. He's just in a beautiful, rich vein of form. Carlos Elcarez on the weekend. Now, interestingly, I mean, he lost to Nicholas Jarry's semi-finals in Buenos Aires in Argentina, the 250. Uh, Jarry went on to uh, make the final, of course, but go down to the wild card, which was quite extraordinary this morning at Diaz Acosta. Uh, there was wild celebrations in Argentina. Uh, but for Carlos, I mean, he hasn't won a tournament since Wimbledon last year. He hasn't made a final. That was his first... Uh, well, he hasn't made a final since Cincinnati... Uh, which he lost on the eve of the US Open uh, last year. And he's just trying to figure out a few things. So, yeah, we've sort of forgotten about Carlos and been swept up in him. Now we're swept up in Yannick. But these two, you know, it's just great to watch as an insider, uh, you know, dueling for that sort of, you know, top uh, youngster spot, if you like, uh, you know, around Novak Djokovic. Mm. I never thought we'd hear, uh, especially in the next, I don't know how many years, that we'd we've we've temporarily forgotten about Carlos Alcaraz, <laughs> even though it might only be a week here or a week there. Um, this tri- this story didn't gain much traction in the Sydney market about the Australian Open floating a, a switch of the finals. So Sunday night becomes the women's final, and the men's final goes to Saturday night. There's been talk around it, but obviously, based where you are in Melbourne, it's it's been a big topic of conversation. I'm I'm interested to know what the reaction has been. Yeah, look, I'll, uh, I'll float it certainly on the first serve uh, tonight to get uh, our, our tennis crowd uh, reaction. Uh, one of our listeners, uh, going back, I think, to our first or second show back this year, actually floated the idea on the text, and we um, yeah threw it around as a bit of a topic of discussion. I suppose as someone who uh, gets to day 14, knowing you, you know potentially got a fifth uh, five-set match of the men's to call, 
uh, geez, if we could get out of there by 11 o'clock and all the people have got to go to work and all the kids who are up got to go to school, uh, I mean, it probably makes um, a bit of sense. I mean, look, you know, the Australian Open is always looking to uh, break the mould, and I, I love that. And I think now that it's on the table, I can I absolutely, I reckon it's a sure bet it's probably going to happen. They don't have to consult the tours. Um, I'll talk to the players. I'll talk to the ATP and the WTA. Um, you know, the men's final marquee Saturday night. I mean, a lot of eyeballs on the tennis on a Saturday night and we get out at a more respectable hour with the women. I mean, certainly, um, you know, Craig Tiley's mentioned it would showcase women's tennis to a, a bigger degree by having it as the finale. I don't know if that's the absolute linchpin of making the decision, um, but now it's on the table. We've got, you know, 15 days uh, ticked off with a Sunday start. I can, I can guarantee this is probably going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Once you start to talk about it and... Once it's on the table, you, you wonder. It's an interesting one that you've just said that they don't have to speak to the tours about it. So the event then has the right to schedule. I mean, obviously, like you say, they'll talk to the players. They're not just going to just mm. throw it in their calendar. But So it doesn't come down to a WTA or an ATP decision as to where the final sits. No, not at all. Independently wow. um, set up the slams. They can, they can change their own rules. I mean, there's a Grand Slam committee around the world, which all the, um, you know, Craig Tiley, the equivalent, and uh, Jane Hurdlicker, the equivalent of uh, the USTA, the French and Wimbledon, all get together and discuss a lot of things. They all came to, you know, that uh, unified agreement about the final set tie breaks to have some consistency across all the slams. So, yeah, scheduling obviously is something, and uh, whether it's, you know, flood, uh, Tiley's floated no rule, no lets and a few other little bits and pieces, and you'd like to probably, you know, have all four Grand Slams look the same in this regard. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll track those conversations pretty closely this year. Yeah, that'll be a great topic of discussion. On the first serve tonight with Brett Phillips uh, right across the SEN network. Good on you, BP. Have a good show. Thank you, Matty. Cheers. We'll, we'll throw that out to our listeners. So you can join that one, floating the idea of a, a switch for the women's final to the Sunday night and the men's final then to the Saturday night. So if you may remember... Not too far ago, the women's final was Saturday afternoon uh, and then the men's final was Sunday night and it was all geared for TV. But thankfully they've changed that. So it's a, it's a big one. It'll be a, an earlier finish, no question. And I'm thinking this through out loud. It'll be an earlier finish on the Sunday night than a five-setter that can go deep. So an easier out on a Sunday night when you've got work and everything else on the Monday morning. But what would get the biggest audience? That, that's the key for me. What would generate the biggest audience and therefore the biggest broadcast dollars and the advertising and all that that goes with it? And where would the men's uh, discussion come in about going to Saturday and finishing that day earlier? Really interesting. Really interesting discussion. Tony says, Matty, did BP say Los Cabos, Acapulco and Indian Wells? It sounds to me like an Elvis movie. <laughs> yes, it did. Uh, you guys are on top of it this morning, up early. We'll recap the UFC fight card, um, the two Australians at UFC 298 in LA, which was Volkanovski and Whitaker, and, and a mixed bag, really, for the Australians. Nick Paharilio will join me. He's from main event. He's over there. So, Nico will uh, give us the rundown on how that all played out, plus plenty of your thoughts coming through on the text line as well, 0457 736 736 is my text line. Or as you know, give me a call this morning, one 300 on the open line.